Welcome to this special episode of I Am, I Have, How It Helps, brought to you by Counseling Directory and Happiful Magazine. Today, I'm talking to Lucia Capobianco from The Samaritans. We're going to be talking about the free and safe service Samaritans offer, how people who are thinking about suicide can be supported by Samaritans, and how anybody can support someone going through a tough time. We do talk in some depth about the subject of suicide in this episode, so please be advised if you think this might be triggering for you. This conversation just confirmed once again for me the amazing work Samaritans do and the support available to us all before we reach crisis point as well as in our darkest moments. I hope this episode helps you in some way and please, let's keep supporting each other. I'm so delighted to have Lucia Capobianco from Samaritans here on I Am, I Have, How It Helps Today. In recent weeks, there's been an increased conversation in the UK around suicidal thoughts and seeking help. So we wanted to talk today about how we can listen, support and signpost people who need that help. More than anything, we want this to be a helpful, supportive conversation, free from any stigma or judgment. So I've spoken to Lucia before, and I'm really glad that she's joining us again to have this conversation. Welcome back, Lucia. Thank you. It's lovely to be back. Thank you for asking me. Well, thank you for joining us. And we'd love it if you could just tell us a bit about you and the role you have at the Samaritans. I am lucky enough to wear two hats for Samaritans. So it's my day job. I work in the learning and development team and predominantly concentrate on producing materials for our volunteers so we keep their skills up to date and uh, the training for anybody who is new to us and wants to become a volunteer. And then I'm also a listening volunteer at my local branch. So also do shifts once a week to talk to people. For anyone who might not know, can you tell us a bit about the Samaritans and, and what they do? Gosh, where do I start? So um, Samaritans is a, a grand old lady. We've been going since 1953. We have 201 branches across the UK and the Republic of Ireland. And every one of those branches has volunteers. I think at the moment we say we, we think we're roughly about 20,000 listening volunteers across the, the organisation. And it's got many different facets, really. So I think predominantly people will think of us as a telephone line. They, they know about phoning. We've also support people by email. That's been around for a few years now. We do very much focus on outreach activity in our local communities. So lots of our branches will have very personal relationships with different parts of their community. And that might look like things such as supporting a, a, an A&E facility at a hospital. It might be supporting a food bank. Um, it might be just being out and about in the community so um, outreach has a, a strong focus and we do work with schools so we offer information on how to talk about emotional well-being and welfare with um, school age young adults we've got a partnership that we've had now for just over 10 years with network rail so we started that back in 2010 um, which sees us uh, working with the train operators and Network Rail to reduce suicide on the railway. Um, we've got lots of different corporate partnerships that we do as well. Sort of business, we've got the external arm where we offer training to companies who perhaps want to learn a little bit more about managing difficult conversations, building resilience and well-being. We do a lot of support work in prisons. We have a what we call a listener prison listener scheme, whereby we train prisoners to be what we call listeners, Samaritans listening volunteers, but in a prison setting. So they can support other prisoners. It's just a the tip of the iceberg, really. <laughs> I mean, the Samaritans do a phenomenal amount of work. 
And what I should say is that you mentioned the listening line and the email at the very beginning of the conversation. And that's absolutely free for people to call in if they need to talk to someone and be heard. And that number is 116123. And that's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And also the email is joe at samaritans.org. So that is for everybody to use. And we're going to come on to talk a bit more about the conversations around suicide. But firstly, I've just given those details. Can you share a bit about who can contact Samaritans? Because I think there might be, I think there might be some kind of um, misconceptions about what that line is there for. Yes, I, I would agree with that, Lucy. And it's something we constantly try to improve on, if you like, and, and change public perception. Because I think you're right. I think sometimes there is a perception that you can only contact Samaritans if you are at crisis point. But actually, that, that's really not true. Samaritans is there for anyone and everyone. You know, our vision is about living in a world where fewer people die by suicide. And to do that, we know that that talking and listening helps. We want to get to people earlier. We want to start conversations earlier so that they're contacting us before they reach crisis point. As a trainer for Samaritans in, in my day job, One of the things we often use to illustrate this to people is what we call the emotional health scale. So if I try and describe it to you, if you imagine a triangle shaped wedge and at the very thick end is everything's life is rosy, things are positive. You have friends, family support around you. And at the very thin end, that is where you are at crisis point. So the simplest way to explain to people about this is we all sit on the slope. We all move up and down every day, depending on things that happen to us. Life happens. Um, this morning, I managed to put my coffee cup under the um, the spout, press the button, and hot water came out because I hadn't put the, the coffee in. So, you know, that's an annoyance. This morning, I'm feeling at the thick end of the wedge. I can deal with that. I mutter about it, clear it up. We do it again. On a different day, if I had difficult things going, perhaps work isn't going so well, I'd had an argument with a partner, I might be running late. That would cause me more stress. And so I would be towards the thinner end of the the wedge. Really for Samaritans, we want to get to you before you get to that thin end, because we know that talking helps. We know sharing your feelings and thoughts about what's going on for you helps. And with that bit of extra support, it pulls you back up the slope towards the thicker end of the wedge. I'm hoping that makes sense. That makes complete sense. And like you say, we all travel up and down that slope in terms of how we feel at any given moment. And in the last year, you know, as as this podcast goes out, it will almost be a year since we locked down. We've had the added pressure of, of, as well as day-to-day life, of living within a pandemic with uncertainty. So that will have some weight um, in how we feel. That will have some bearing on where we are on that wedge. So it's okay if perhaps the coffee cup tips you to a place it wouldn't normally take you. You know, it's completely understandable. And that's really what I want to get across in this conversation because often we hear about resilience or, or being stronger or just being more positive. And it's not always possible, is it, to just be positive? It takes a lot of energy and a lot of effort. And you know, if you have the right support around you and you're able to engage with that, it's much easier to stay on the resilient and positive side. But if you don't have it around you and you have a series of life events that just continue to knock you down, that's when it becomes really difficult. And that's when we encourage people to seek help. 
and before that, as Lucia said. So we're going to move on to the conversation that I really want to have. And I know a lot of people find this a tough one. I apologise in advance if I stumble over my words here, but I think I'd probably represent quite a lot of our community, our wider community, when it comes to talking about suicide. You know, it's something that we perhaps don't know how to address if we've not had first-hand experience or, or training. Can you talk to me about experiencing suicidal thoughts and how someone can seek help if they are experiencing suicidal thoughts and any advice around that? The important thing to say is that all of us will experience it slightly differently as well. So I think um, that's probably quite key. It's a frightening time. Sometimes we don't always recognise when we're in it, I think, um, what is what is going on. It is really important for people to know that reaching out is a good thing. Asking for help is a good thing. Now, I know I've just said it takes a lot of energy and it does. I recognise that when you're in a very low place, it's not always the first thing you can think about doing. And sometimes I think when you are in that place and and experiencing low, low feeling suicidal thoughts, you feel as though you are more of a burden and that sort of drives the reasons why you perhaps don't want to be around anymore. One of the things I would say is please have a look at Samaritan's website. There are a lot of resources on there that will help you, that will guide you through perhaps things that you can do to take care of yourself when you're in that space. My advice always would be to reach out, I guess, to to ask, to say, I'm not okay. I'm, I'm not okay. I need to talk. Samaritan's phone line is there, or if you prefer not to speak to someone, that's quite common, you can email. When you're in that position, it's got to be your decision. I don't think anybody can push you to do it, which is really important because I think you have to be ready to talk about it. But what I would want to say is, particularly with Samaritan's, if you do contact us, we are your safe space. You do it without, you know, we we won't judge you. There is no judgment made, no advice given. We simply want to create a safe space for you to pour all those thoughts and feelings into. We'll talk to you about how you've come to that place. What is it that's happened? What your thoughts and feelings are? What you think you might do? What you think you want to do? And our hope is that by having that really open conversation with you and allowing you to actually say, life is hard. I'm not sure if I want to be here. I'm really struggling with this. That we can explore with you why you say that, what would you like to change, what your options are. And often what we see is actually people come full circle, if you like, by just having that time and space to actually really put those dark thoughts and feelings out there. They then realise there are other options open to them that they can take and they start to come out of that darkness, if you like. It's, It's not a snap moment, but I think it is really important that someone can say, I don't think I want to be here and I'm frightened. Being able to talk to somebody and verbalise that or write that down can start a process of <laughs> easing some of that darkness. And as you said, it's not, it's not an immediate thing um, mm. and it takes energy to put into words what's happening for you. But part of feeling very low for some people can Mm. be the sense of being alone and being in your head with these thoughts 
I think sometimes it's almost as if we need to get those thoughts out to look at them from all different angles. And I kind of imagine that's what a conversation at that point with the Samaritans is about and like. It's exploring your situation from all the different angles and having someone to listen. You've said to me before, sometimes you listen 90% of the conversation and only speak for 10 but you're there, you're a person, you're a human, you're a warm human being on the other end of the line. Thank you for sharing that because I think it's really good to understand what that call looks like when you are having suicidal thoughts. There's one other thing, uh, Lucy, that I do want to add to that. And I think it's the difference sometimes. I think it's why Samaritans is so powerful and it works. So if you are someone who is experiencing suicidal thoughts, you know, sometimes these things, you don't want to scare your family and friends by telling them what exactly you're thinking and feeling. And of course, Samaritans is remote because phone call or email, you can't see the other person you're talking to. It is confidential in that it's a private space. You have no relationship with each other apart from that snapshot in time you have on the phone. So I don't think you can ever underestimate how much it, energy and courage it takes to do that first step to talk to Samaritans, ring the number, send the email. But it is someone who's completely unconnected to your life otherwise. So it's possibly easier to say things that you couldn't to family and friends and really surface how you actually do think and feel. I agree. And I shared with you last time we spoke that I had an experience of speaking to someone at the Samaritans. When I first moved to London, I was very, very alone in the early hours of the morning. And I will never forget that phone call and the kindness and the opportunity to say what were the most dark thoughts I was experiencing. And the fact that so many years on, I can recall that that conversation, I think just speaks to the power of, of what the Samaritans can do and do. So I would encourage anyone to look at the website first and then have another listen to what Lucia has just said um, and really consider reaching out to the Samaritans. And one of the things that you said is people have to be ready. It, it's really important that you are ready. But if you're a friend or a family member that has someone in their life that they love and can see they're going through a tough time, what would you suggest they do to help that person or signpost that person? I think it's important to, to say that if you are worried about somebody, you can't make it worse by asking them how they are, if they're okay. I think that's really, really important because I think that's often a, a, a misconception. It puts people off. People think, oh God, if I ask, it's just going to make them worse and it's going to make them upset. And and I also think sometimes there's, um, not sure if embarrassment factor is the right thing, but we worry that it'll upset us as well. You know, it's that, you know, what, what am I going to get back? Samaritans actually has a very um, simple model, if you like, that we call shush tips, which are around active listening. And again, I'm going to say you can find them on our, our website. There, there's a, a great page about you know, what, what you do if you think someone's struggling and we talk about these and they give you tips on how to start the conversation and once you have then what you do with it so it shush is an acronym it's um show you care you know and that is by saying are you okay you seem a bit down lately you haven't seen yourself i'm worried about you what's going on it's having patience because sometimes people are not always ready to talk or they might take a little bit of time to formulate what they want to say we encourage people to ask open questions. You know, this is your conversation. So 
how do they feel what would they like to do where do they want to go what do they think they can do it's important when you're listening you're showing your listening when you say things back to the person so perhaps they might say oh I just don't see something like you know I just don't see there's any point you know you can then say to them you don't see there's any point tell me more you know what what's going on and have the courage have the courage to take the first step because like I said you honestly you cannot make it worse if if there isn't anything wrong, the person will just be very grateful that you've noticed perhaps that they're having an off day yeah. and it might be they've you know, had a bit of news that isn't great or actually they might be perfectly all right. It's just they're tired today or, you know, but actually if they're not in a space that's okay, it gives them the opportunity to tell you. So shush is the model and it's on Samaritan's website. And as you said, showing you care can never be a bad thing. So start that conversation. And if you're worried about starting that conversation, go and read. Um, And when we put this podcast up, I will make sure that there's something in the show notes and also that we have an article on Happiful. So you can go to Happiful and click through, but the Samaritans website as well. Just type in the Samaritans and you'll find that. So please do go and have a look at that and, and, you know, take your time to read it because it can feel a bit troubling to approach someone who you know is struggling and quite often it might not always present as being down. Sometimes it might be anger. Sometimes it might be that someone's withdrawing and they don't really want to speak to you. So do have a read. Um, I was just going to say, I think also on the other end of that, it might be that someone is manically happy, that they are overreacting to things, that they are very high, that they are very switched on, that they are very bouncy you know you don't want to rain on someone's parade but actually is it slightly out of character that they are so full-on that they are they seem to be bowling along they're not sleeping they've got energy boundless energy it's really but it seems a little bit more frenetic than you would usually I think it's important to say you've got both ends of the scale because we often think about people in trouble when they're feeling very low and very down and, and you know avoiding things but actually the other end of that is are they absolutely frenzied you know, is it is it really hyper? That's the better word I'm looking for. Hyper is the one. And that other end of the the scale, as you say, can be just as much of a an issue, if you like. If it's out of character, if you think it's and it's sort of sustained for a while, and you think that it's just there's something not right, gut feel, there's something not right. Either end of the spectrum, I think it's always worth a check. Always worth a check in. And this is why I'm so grateful to have you on this call because. We all have certain thoughts about what somebody looks like or behaves like who's having issues. And actually, it's much, much broader than that. And it might not always be what you see on the outside, what someone's presenting to the world. Thank you so much for pointing that out. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought of that. And we're going to end by talking about some of the conversations around suicide. This is something that Happiful works really hard on. And I know there's also the Mental Health Media Charter. There's lots of people, including the Samaritans, who are looking at the way we talk about mental health and the terminology that we use. Because words are important and what we say is important and how it lands with people who are in a position where they might be seeking help is important. So when we're talking about suicide, is the terminology that we should or shouldn't use? And how do we prevent any judgment creeping into our conversations? We try to um, educate people not to use the term commit suicide or committed suicide, because that does feel quite judgmental. And also it harks back to a time when suicide was illegal. 
um, before the Suicide Act comes in. So Samaritans will always encourage people, media, everybody to talk about taking your own life and they will talk about someone having died by suicide, but we will never use the term committed suicide because committed has that connotation to it. I think on an individual level, I guess if somebody is talking about suicidal thoughts, suicidal feelings, perhaps a plan, I think it's really important that you, you know, you yourself, you stay calm, you know, you can show that you're listening, depending on on what the context is when you're having the conversation, if it's face to face, obviously there's body language where you can turn towards them, keep eye contact. It's, you know, don't appear shocked, don't sound shocked, don't overreact. You know, oh my God, I can't believe you're thinking about that, you know, and immediately jumping, no, you can't, no, I'm not going to let you do that, no, no, because actually all you will do is make the person feel judged and shut the conversation down. They will just stop because, you know, they've nowhere to go. You've closed the avenue off to them. I would encourage you as best you can to stay calm, to ask them our open questions, much like the shush tips, you know, what's making you feel like this? What do you want to do about it? What can we do about it? You know, how, how, how can I help? How can I support? Where, where do you go? probably the most important uh, but I do think you know it's the not overreacting and just stay calm keep your head and keep listening to them one of the things that I I wanted to ask you as well is about the reasoning that quite often happens when you're talking to someone who is experiencing suicidal thoughts and we might hear this played out in different conversations where people talk around their life what they what that person has going on in their life how other people might feel that's something I would assume we should absolutely avoid and focus on the person and empowering them to make decisions yes for Samaritans that's hugely important that the decision power remains with the person that you're talking to one of the reasons that we will always say we won't give advice but we will explore options and that's why we use open questions so much so it is important to focus on the person as they are and what they're telling you You, you've got the snapshot of their life that they're talking to you about you know explore with them why you know what is it that's got them to this point what's happened to them that is making them feel this way and then often you'll hear Samaritans ask questions around, you know, if you could change one thing, what would that be? And depending on where that answer goes, then it might be so, okay, so how do you think you could change it? Would you like to change it? Can you change it? Because it always presents options all the time. But the caller, the person that you're talking to, remains in control. And my experience is that it's not always, but often when you have that kind of conversation, actually the caller, the person does realise there are other options open to them. It's just they had got really stuck in this one particular avenue. So it's not a, it's not a catch-all, it's not a prevent-all, but it does offer other avenues that, that are there that they can explore if they want to. Lucia, this has been a great conversation and, and I just wanted to thank everyone at the Samaritans for absolutely everything you do. I mean, Samaritans are just wonderful and Happyful are so supportive. And for anyone out there listening, please, please do go and look at the Samaritans website, look at the support that's there. And is there anything you wanted to say before we finish today, Lucia? Just to echo what you said, really, you know, we are there, we are, we are, we are there, we are here. 
365 days of the year, round the clock, 24 hours a day. We are a safe space. We don't judge. We don't advise. We have time and space for you. Um, you know, there is no time limit. Um, and we want, we just want you to feel safe and be able to talk things through. You know, if I can say anything, please don't wait until you feel you're at crisis point. Please do talk. We know it works. We know it helps. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. You can reach the Samaritans on 116-123 or email joe at samaritans.org. This podcast has been produced by Happiful. 